something tries so hard to prove that God's not really real while others say they know for sure his love you cannot feel but I know he's real within my soul for one day he came and made me whole and Jesus is still the answer for that longing deep in your Jesus is still the answer And though time and ages roll Jesus is still the answer He's the answer for your soul And though some may say He died fit with their philosophy I know Jesus is still the answer he's always been and always will be some in preaching that things of this world have brought them peace of mind but with the dawn of each new day new thrills they try to find not until they meet the Prince of Peace can they ever hold Seeking for peace Jesus is still the answer And though time and ages roll Jesus is still the answer He's the answer for your soul And though some may say he doesn't fit with their philosophy, I know Jesus is still the answer. He's always been and always will be. And though some may say
2 Kings chapter 6 this morning. Are you glad that He's still the answer? Y'all glad to be here today? It's good to be in God's house. It's good to have everybody. It's good to have some visitors with us this morning. We've got a lot out and a lot back, and it's just good to be in God's house with God's people in His Word. He's worthy of this today. I know we've had lots of storms, but the Lord... It's got them out of here. we got the sun now. So tonight at uh, 5 o'clock, we're going to have a fellowship over at the Family Life Center. Uh, we're going to provide the meat. If you'll bring a side and dessert, bring your family. We've got some singing. We're going to dedicate the uh, playground. Uh, be here for this. Be here for this. Uh, we've got a lot of good things. Come be a part of what's going on. Uh, next week is our graduation Sunday. Don't forget, we'll have another fellowship for that next Sunday uh, to recognize them. Uh, but to God be the glory of all that He is doing in this place. And uh, what a privilege we have today to be able to worship Jesus. What a privilege we have. If you would, stand with me for the reading of God's Word. Second Kings chapter 6. I want to do something a little different than I've ever done before. I've seen an illustration the other day, and I kind of took it and ran with it and destroyed their illustration, but I molded it to what God wanted me to say and do this morning, so bear with me. But I pray that God's will be done in this message and in this sermon, and I pray that it be a blessing to you. Second Kings chapter 6, in verse number 1. And the sons of the prophets said unto Elisha, Behold now, the place where we dwell with thee is too straight for us. Let us go, we pray thee, unto Jordan, and take thence every man a beam, and let us make a place there where we may dwell. And he answered, Go ye. And one said, Be content, I pray thee, and go with thy servants. And he answered, I will go. So he went with them, and when they came to Jordan, they cut down wood. But as one was felling a beam, the axe head fell into the water, and he cried and said, Alas, Master, for it was borrowed. And the man of God said, Where fell it? And he showed unto the place, and he came down, a, and he cut down a stick and cast it in thither, and the iron did swim. Therefore said he, Take it up to thee, and he put it out of his hand. And took it. Dear Heavenly Father, bless the reading of Your Word. Lord, I ask for Your grace at this time. Give me everything that I need to preach this message. Lord, I don't want to preach it in my power, but I want to preach it in Your power. Lord, I pray that people would see You in this, and I pray, Lord, that You would con convict the hearts appropriately, Lord. May we apply this to our hearts and lives, and to You be the honor and glory in this place today. We love You and praise You. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk to you this morning about an illustrative sermon entitled, The Axe Head. The Axe Head. I simply want to preach a message today on an illustration. And I've seen this illustration used the other day in a, in a little different light. And I've turned it and molded it to what God wanted me to say today. I'm not here to cut anybody down, literally. But I'm just going to simply use this as an illustration, as we look in the text today, we see the prophet Elisha and we see the school of prophets. Uh, they're thriving. They have run out of room. 
And they basically said, let's go build another place. Let's go build a larger place. And they took their axes and they went and they began to cut down the trees and they began to get the wood that they needed to to fill the void and build the place that they need in order to learn. Uh, This was a school of the prophets, if you will, kind of like a seminary. And something great and marvelous took place that day. And as one uh, was cutting down a tree, if you ever used an axe before, I'm sure that it it's happened to you, but the end of that axe head fell off, and it went in the water. And by the time it was over with, the power of God got a hold of that, that, that piece of iron and that piece of lead that's supposed to sink to the bottom. And it swam to the top, and the power of God got that axe head over there. And the prophet reached down and he picked up that axe head. And there's a lot of different ways that we can go with that today, but I want to go the way God directed me. And I got to thinking about that axe, and I got to thinking about what we use it for, and I began to compare it to our spiritual life with the Lord. And I've seen something in this text that I've never seen before that I want to share with you, but I believe that we can compare our spiritual life with this axe in so many different ways. And a few ways that I thought about was the beginning of the axe head. The other day I went to Atwoods and I bought this axe. As you can tell, it's not very expensive. It's kind of a cheap one. Uh, but I used it for an illustration today. And I, I, I bought this money and I got this axe. And as I look at this axe, I look at it and there's not a lot of dings on it. There's not a not a lot of scars on it. And boy, it's sharp. And boy, man, anything you put it on, it can pierce. And this is this thing right here is pretty powerful. And when you use it right, and when it's used the right way, boy, you can do a lot of damage with it. Man, it can cut a lot of wood. And you want to get a lot of work done, you get something like this that's brand new, that's sharp, that's uh, that's got that cutting edge. And man, there's no scratches, there's no no blemishes, and man, it's brand new. And I got to thinking about that the day that Jesus saved my soul. The Bible says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And I thought about the day that I got saved. The day that Jesus saved my soul. He made me a brand new creature. And the Bible said that all the former things are passed away. And all of those bumps and all of those bruises God took away. And He made me a new creature. That's why they call it the new birth. Because that day when I was 13 years old, I got born again. And I was born again of the Spirit of God. And all of those old things and all that old life was passed away. And I had a brand new life. I'm telling you, God made me whole again. He forgave me of my sins. He cleaned me up. He he picked me up and He wiped all the bruises off. And He made me a brand new creature. And boy, that day that He saved my soul, I got a new cutting edge. I'm telling you, there was something special about me. and But more importantly, that what was down inside of me that was so special. And man, I was brand new. I had a brand new life. God gave me a brand new home. Amen. He gave me a brand new desire. He gave me a brand new hope. And man, when you got all that brand new stuff, that's good life, isn't it? 
Boy, I'm telling you, there's rejoicing takes place when you get down and you get right with God and He makes you a new creature. Because you know what happens? You, you get on the cutting edge, if you will. You're a brand new creature. And at the end of the day, there's a sharpness that comes in our life. And man, I'm telling you, we used to be without hope, but the day we met Jesus, Jesus put a hope within us. He put this joy. He put this peace. And there's a sharpness about us. Man, I'm telling you, there's a zeal. The Bible calls it an unction from the Holy One. Ain't that good? I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit of God gets down inside of us. We used to not be of any use for the kingdom of God. But when God saved us, He cleaned us up, and He made us of great use for Him. And I'm telling you, He sharpened us up. He got us to the place where we can begin to do something in our life. I'm telling you, before I started serving the Lord, I wasted my life away. But the day I gave my life to Jesus... He put me on the cutting edge. And I'm telling you, a life with Christ, you can do damage in the kingdom of God. You can do damage to the work of the devil and to Satan when you get saved and you get sharp. And I'm telling you, you're on fire. I love to see people get saved and get on fire. Man, for six months, they're charging hell with a water gun. Man, they're on top of the world. Man, I can do anything. I can do everything. And child of God, that's how we ought to be our entire life here on this earth if we're saved to know Jesus. We should never leave that place. We should never leave the place of having the sharpness of God. I'm telling you, when the Spirit of God gets down inside of you, don't you remember when you got saved and that Spirit came in down in your heart and soul and you felt a power you've never felt before? And man, you started praying, you began to ask for things and God began to give it to you. And man, you were on top of the world. Holy cow, look what's going on. Man, there's something about a person when the power of God's upon their life. And you want to see some great things take place. Let the power of God rest on somebody's life. And when you get saved, that Holy Spirit dwells inside of you and the power of God is alive in your life. And when you're seeking the will of God, because there's a sharpness. And every time that old devil throws something at you, you split it right in half. Man, I'm telling you, you bash him. Oh, he's a loser, ain't he? Man, I'm telling you, the Spirit of God gets on you. There's that sharpness and there's that zeal and that unction. i got to keep going through. i got to keep going through. So as Christians, what do we do? We're that axe and we're just working. And we're chopping. And we're chopping. I know this isn't how you swing an axe. Man, I know how to swing an axe. But you're chopping and you're chopping and you're chopping. And as a Christian, that's what you do. You exercise what God gives you. You work as a child of God. But let me tell you something. The more that you work as a child of God, the more that you do and exercise what God gave you, there will be a dulling. There will be a bruising. And the more that you swipe when you're cutting wood, the more that you use it, scratches will begin to show up. Blemishes will begin to show up. And before long, that sharp edge that you used to have is not there anymore. And when you go and you, you, you chop into that wood, it doesn't go down as far as it used to because it's not near as sharp. Let me tell you something in your Christian life. You're going to begin to dole out. You're going to begin to get some scratches and bumps and bruises. And I'm telling you, at the end of the day, there's going to come a time we're not going to be as pretty as we used to be. Amen? And I'm speaking, spiritually speaking, is what I'm talking about. Let me tell you, as you serve the Lord, you're going to get bumps on you. And you're going to get scratches on you. And you're going to lose your sharpness. And your sharpness is going to become dull. Huh. 
Boy, isn't that easy? Isn't that simple? We're living life. Man, we're on fire for God. And we're exercising what God gave us. And we're swiping away. And boy, we're working and we're serving. But before we know it, the, the, the edge is dull. And it's not near sharp as it used to be. It used to, we've seen souls get saved when we started doing something for the Lord. Man, I'm telling you, we didn't have all these trials. But now, it's getting hard and it's getting tough to serve the Lord. And we begin to grow dull in God. And that song we used to wake up singing because we were so happy in the Lord, we're not singing no more. And then we begin to say, do I really need to go to church today? Oh, it's just, it's just Sunday night. I don't need to go. Then we wake up and, and we battle reading the Word of God. When used to, man, we were on fire and we were hungry when we woke up in the morning. And now we're just saying, well, I don't really have time for it. And we begin to grow dull in our spiritual life with God. And instead of coming in here and singing the praises with the rest of God's people, we sit in here thinking, boy, I wish they'd hurry up. Oh, I wish that preacher quit preaching. I'm, I'm starving to death. And that sharpness is not there. That desire is not like it used to be. And all that zeal and that unction grows dull. And now, there was one time when you found yourself jumping out of bed, and now you're forcing yourself out of bed. Now you're forcing yourself to serve God. Now you're forcing yourself... Oh, I preach all the time, don't do it because you got to, do it because you want to. And as God's people, that's how we ought to be. But can I be honest? This preacher gets dull too. This preacher gets dull too. And before we know it, we like this whole thing. And man, it ain't dull anymore. And it's not sharp anymore. And it's ugly. It's got dents in it. And it's got scratches in it. And man, I'm telling you, it gets wore out. I'm telling you, it gets tiring serving God sometimes. I'm telling you, serving God, you're going to get some scars on you. You're going to get some bumps on you. There's going to be times that you're going to have to pull through because you're going to experience some dullness in your spiritual life. It's coming if you hadn't experienced it already. And just as you swing that old axe... The longer you serve God, let me tell you something, the devil's going to battle you and battle you and do everything he can to throw you off and put as many dents in you and as many scratches in you. Look at this blade, how it's been chipped, how it's been weathered, how, how the old world and the things of the world has attacked this. I'm telling you, as God's people, we let the world own us way too much. And it has affected us and we have lost our zeal and our unction in the Lord. And may I tell you, as a child of God, there's nothing worse than getting dull with Jesus. There's nothing worse than losing our sharpness for the Lord. And when it begins to dull, something happens. And if you've ever swung an axe, you've been here. That old axe head's going to slip. And after, after it's weathered and after it's bruised up, here comes the slipping. And one day you're sitting there chopping wood and chopping wood and chopping wood and before you know it, you sling that thing cat head and that iron takes off. There's not a worse feeling in the world than swinging that axe head off. Y'all been there. But it starts with the doling. It starts with the weathering. And then here comes the slipping. 
I'm reminded of when old Asaph said over there in Psalm 73, But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. Before we know it, we have slipped away from the Lord. It began with bumps and bruises and scratches. But before we know it, we've slipped away from God. We've slipped away from God. The axe head done came off. I'm telling you, we've done turned from the Lord. And here, this is what we do. Listen to me, because this is honest. This is what we do. We blame everybody but ourselves. We blame the church. We blame the preacher. We blame the music director. We blame the deacons, the Sunday school teacher. I'm telling you, if that Sunday school teacher was better, I'd go to Sunday school more. No, you wouldn't. Well, I'll tell you, if that preacher was better, I'd go to church more. Man, I'm telling you, if that song director was better, I'd go sing more. No, we wouldn't. We don't need to blame everybody else when we slip away from God. And it's honest to lose that accent. It's honest. There's been a lot of times in my life that I'm sitting there chopping away serving God and I lose the accent and I'm still chopping. Let me tell you something. I'm not doing nothing but spinning my wheels in my spiritual life. You've done it and I've done it. And instead of blaming everybody else, let's own the fact that the only thing that's happened, I have slipped away from God. And I'm not where I used to be. And I'm not as close as God as I used to be. And fixing the preacher is not going to fix the problem. My wife done trying, it don't work. <laughs> fixing the Sunday school teacher doesn't fix the problem. It's fixing our individual hearts. And when you get that finger out and you're pointing, well, if this one do this one and that one do that, friend, listen, go home today. Look at yourself. Look at your own axe head. And understand the axe head left not because of the preacher or the deacons. It's because of us. It's because of us. And there's times that it's going to slip. It's times that everything's going to fall to pieces. And I'm telling you, we're going to be derailed. And oh my goodness, we're going to leave church. Ain't nobody do anything right. I'm the only spiritual one in the whole bunch. That preacher's a moron. <laughs> that Sunday school teacher can't teach. So I'm going to go off. That is dangerous. That is dangerous. But may I tell you, it's honest. It's honest to slip away from the Lord. It's honest to have everything come to pieces on us. It's honest to be there. And if you're here and in that place today, may I remind you, you don't have to stay there. You don't have to stay with your life slipped away from God. Man, I'm telling you, when you're slipped away from God, no longer do you feel that joy and that excitement anymore. You come to church and you're not worried, you're not under conviction. I'm telling you, amazing grace don't even break you down anymore. You remember when you first got saved, every time the preacher preached on the cross, you cried like a big baby? You remember every time that the singers used to sing about heaven? Boy, something stirred up inside of your heart and soul. And boy, you got on fire because that's becoming a new creature. But there's times in our spiritual life that we slip and fall to pieces. And now the preaching doesn't convict us. Hurry up, preacher. Quit preaching. Come on now. Man, we got to eat. Man, we got to beat the Methodists to the eating places now. Come on. Come on. Y'all been there. And we're just useless. And we're horrible inside. And we're struggling. I'm not pointing a finger because I've been there. 
and I will be there again. May I tell you something great today? You don't have to stay that way. Look in our text today in 2 Kings chapter 6. It said in verse 5, But as one was fell in a beam, the axe head fell in the water, and he cried, and said, Alas, Master, for it was borrowed. And the man of God said, Where fell it? And he showed him the place, and he cut down a stick and cast it in thither, and the iron did swim. Wasn't that awesome? Now I'm going to do something and say something that I have said against before my ministry. When I counsel myself and I counsel others many times, I go to this. Well, if you want to get back right with God, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this. But notice something about this iron. And iron is supposed to sink to the bottom. But this iron was on top of the water. And this iron began to swim, telling us that these prophets had nothing over this iron, that only God could make this thing swim, that only God could return the axe head back. How foolish me, foolishly of me to think that I can really do something to get back right with God. That if I do this, God's going to give me back that joy. That if I do this, God's going to give me back that peace. If I do this, 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 let me tell you something, I'm the one that got in the way to start with. Let me tell you something, if you're going to get back that joy, if you're going to get saved, if you're going to be restored, it's going to be in spite of you, not because of you. And let me tell you, if you want to be redeemed today, if you want to be restored today, it's not going to be on your ability, but it's going to be based on the ability of God. Because I've learned this. There ain't nothing I can do to get it back. But look to the One who gave it to me at the beginning. Let me tell you something. If I'm saved, if I'm walking with God, it's based upon His grace and His love and His love for me and His forgiven Spirit. Praise God today I'm not here because of what I've done. I'm here because of what Jesus has done today. Let me tell you something. Being in fellowship with God has nothing to do with you, but it has to do with God. And if you're going to get back to where you need to be, you've got to understand this. It's going to be the grace of God that gets you back. Well, if I go to church long enough, I'll get it back. If I teach long enough, I'll get it back. If I do this, if I... It's on God. The power of God can save you, keep you safe, restore your heart, clean you up. It never was about you. And when it became about you is when you fell off track anyway. It's going to be on the merit and the ability of God. That prophet didn't make that thing swim. God made it swim. You're not going to get back that joy, but God can give it back to you. And this is what I want to see. Oh, mercy. Notice verse 7. Therefore said He, take it up to thee. And He put out His hand and He took it. So I want you to imagine this thing. And it's swimming in the water. Boy, wouldn't that be crazy? And there it is swimming in the water. And the prophet said, take it up. Well, if you take it up, that meant it was below Him. So what did the prophet have to do to get it? He had to bend down. He had to reach down. And before he could get it, he had to get down. God brought it to him, but he couldn't receive it till he got down. Let me tell you something. You're not going to get it back. God's going to give it back to you. But you're not going to get it back till you get down. And I'm telling you today that if you want the joy of your salvation back, you want to be saved today, you want to be restored today, it's going to be on the ability of God. But it's going to take us getting down 
and picking it up. God can do it if we're willing to bend down to take it up unto us. Oh boy, if we would get down. If we would get down, that sharpness would come back. If we would get down on our face, that zeal would come back. That unction would come back. If we would just get down. Humility before God. May I tell you today as God's people, if we want the sharpness back and the unction back, we're going to have to get down and we're going to have to receive it because I promise you, God's already, God's already trying to give it back to us. But we got to be willing to get down to receive it. Would you turn to 1 John? 1 John. Oh, would you listen? Oh, would you listen? Oh, I'm telling you, this is good stuff. 1 John chapter 1 and in verse 8. You say, preacher, how am I going to do it? I don't understand. I'm not deserving of it. I'm not worthy of it. You're right. But He'll do it for you because He loves you. He wants to sharpen you up. He wants, to, he wants you to have that sharpness back. Notice what He said in verse 8. If we say that we have no sin... We deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar and His Word is not in us. i got good news for you. The Master wants to restore you today. And this is what the Bible said. If you confess your sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Would you fall down before Him and say, Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, I want it back. God, I want to be back on fire. God, I want to cry every time I hear the preacher talk about the cross. God, I want, I want that zeal and that unction back. He's faithful and He's just. By His power, He'll give it back to you. We get it back. We get that sharpness back. What do you do when the thing goes dull? You get a file and you start filing it. Child of God, we need to get back in the Word of God. we got to get back around God's people because iron sharpeneth iron. Y'all listening? You thought running away from the church was going to help you. When you run closer to the church, it's going to help you more because iron sharpeneth iron. And you get in the Word of God and you be, begin to file that thing back. And man, I mean, hey, they still may be a bumper or, or, or bruise. But I've learned this. When that axe head comes off, the power of God can bring it back. And He can restore anything you ever lost. And He can make it back again. Man, there's been times in my life that I have been a mess. But that potter has picked me up and put me back. And He has molded me and made me into what He wants me to be. And I'm telling you, you're not going to be what God wants you to be on yourself and on your merit, but it's going to be based on the power of God. Child of God, don't you want it back? If you lost it and it doesn't bother you, something's wrong. You ought to long to be walking with Him and be talking with Him. Man, I love it. When I get in here and I hear these things about heaven and I hear these things about the blood and the cross, man, I love it. It eats me up inside. But may I admit there's been times that it 
had no effect on me. Oh, I wish they'd hurry. Oh, what are we going to eat for lunch? Y'all ever been there? Oh, I don't want to go to church today. We're grown people. <laughs> and we're whining about having to go to church today. I get to go worship Him. I get to wake up and read my Bible. Hey, Christianity ought not be oppression. It ought to be a privilege and it ought to be liberty in your life. If you came here because you had to today, something's wrong. But I'm telling you, He can get that sharpness back. He can file you back up. Man, I'm telling you, there's nothing like serving the Lord. Walking with Him. Let's stand this morning. We're about to have an invitation. The other day, this illustration was laid on my heart. And it ate me up inside. And there's nothing worse than living a life outside the fellowship of the Lord if you're saved. But the Bible said that Jesus is willing to leave 99 sheep to go get one. Can y'all say amen on that? He's willing to leave 99 people to get you back and restore you unto the fold. There's nobody that wants you more than a loving and righteous God. It's God that started this in your life, and it's God that will finish it if you'll trust Him today. She's going to play. And as she plays, I want to ask you, every head be bowed and every eye closed. If you're here this morning, you're saved. And you're just like we talked about this morning. You've lost your sharpness. Maybe you've done slipped. These altars are open. I want to ask you to come to these altars and get right with the Lord. Get it back. By His power, He'll give it back to you, but you've got to reach down to get it. You've got to get down. Lost person, would you be saved today? If you have a decision to make, would you come? As she plays, there's nobody looking around. These altars are open. You come. If you're lost and you need to be saved, you come. Don't put it off any longer. Come. Come this morning. If you need to join the church, come.